You're listening to listener-supported WPKN in Bridgeport at 89.5 FM and online at W at uh, 89.5 FM and online at WPKN.org. I'm Valerie Richardson. A pleasure to be here with you this afternoon, just five o'clock, a minute or so after five o'clock. And um, I, I am in the studio now with a bunch of artists. And from my left to right, I have Joseph Smolinski, Julia Rooney, Ruby Gonzalez, Hernandez, and Leonard, is it, it's Gaiman? Galman. Galman. Galman, okay. Leonard Galman. And these are all artists whose work is up currently, a show that's just uh, recently opened at Artspace New Haven called Footnotes and Other Embedded Stories. And these artists have all been working together for the past several months. Uh, well, not maybe specifically together. We'll, we'll talk more about that. But as as a, a group of artists who are in a residency, the uh, Happy and Bob Doran Artists in Residence, which is a, a, a collaboration with the um, Yale University Art Gallery. So uh, why don't, I guess that's the first place to start. Why don't you start talk about um, it was a, a, it was a it was a selective process, and I know that it was also something that uh, was a little bit different for the gallery in that they really want to. Post pandemic, we're not we're not post pandemic. During the pandemic, just really make opportunities available for local artists. So maybe you could you could talk about it from your perspective. Sure. Um, yeah, it was it was an application process, and um, you know the first time I think the gallery had had an open call like that before. So I think we were all excited to <laughs> apply for it. <laughs> Very happy to get accepted. Um, and yeah, it started off as as a bit of a virtual residency where we were meeting. On Zoom and online, um, and then eventually became more in person as, as time went on. So pretty much the same for for each one of you. Yeah. What was what was it like? Um, I what? How did it affect your practice during during the pandemic? How how were you limited? Did you, I'm sure a lot of people lost lost opportunities that they weren't able to do projects or do things that they had planned, and galleries and museums are closing and. It granted me the opportunity to just work and not uh, work on like on a job so much. Um, the financial aspect was extremely helpful, and uh, I made my work out of a local makerspace called Makehaven. So it like I had the time and the money to literally just focus on making that work. Um, and I think had I not had that opportunity, I would have made the work that was in the show a lot slower um, outside of the program, of course. And sort of dovetailing on uh, what Ruby said, I think it's a unique residency in that it doesn't take you to another place, but it kind of more roots you in the place you already are. Mm. Um, and I think that's really amazing that it's it's about kind of digging in deeper to where you are and um, having a loose structure that's not linked necessarily to like a program the way that like school is for instance mm -hmm. but it has that same sort of support um, and that was really helpful because working in your studio can sometimes just feel like months on end and structure is sometimes very useful yeah 100% and how about how about for you Leonard uh, yeah similar I you know I love the financial aspect of it uh, but also I was able to, you know, stay in my space. I like, because I feel like I'm a slow starter sometimes, you know? So, but I like, was already working and like, yeah, this just, yeah, gave me the opportunity to dive more into like 
my own space and like really sort of like construct this world in which I can make in, you know? Um, and I don't know, it, it's a lot of things I had been thinking about for years. So the exhibition, for example, was like the first time I got to like show like in person all of, you know, the uh, these paintings I've been thinking about. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the the exhibition in, in just a minute or so because it's really it's pretty extraordinary. I, I, I saw it this past Saturday and was just really really blown away by how much it presented everyone's work. So much of so much of each of your works, and you know, going going in a lot of different directions. But did you? So how did how did that come together? Even the title of the exhibition. Did you? Was it um, obviously it was a collaborative process? Did you? Um, how, how did it all, what kind, of, what kind of discussions were you having that led to, to this exhibition, which is called Footnotes and Other Embedded Stories? It really was a collaboration in, in mm-hmm. so many ways. I mean, I think, the, uh, first of all, you know, the benefit of the residency was having a cohort of artists, right? So there's five of us that got to work together to, you know, not making work together per se, but having critique, talking to each other, mm-hmm. explaining what we intend to do uh, for the residency, getting excited about the exhibition. Um, and so, you know, through those conversations, especially working with um, Laurel McLaughlin, um, the curator of the exhibition, it was just a great opportunity to, you know, talk about things before you make them real, right? And mm-hmm. uh, I think that sometimes artists working in their studios by themselves don't always have that opportunity, we, or maybe we don't seek it out like we should. Mm-hmm. And this sort of forced us to really talk about those things. And I think that really helped bring the level up of the exhibition certainly for my work but you know just this idea of um, having that dialogue in advance working through the work having discussion about it and then making it real I think was really critical for the show mm-hmm. and uh, there's a lot of like uh, I think it was like Laurel who had sort of been taking notes throughout all of these conversations and sort of came up with this like idea that sort of like enveloped all of our practices and the ways we were approaching our work um like the idea of footnotes and uh research yeah yeah like i didn't even realize that all of our all of what we were working on had such a important aspect of research and like uh citing literally citing that literally a footnote you know and i thought that was great and i think also sometimes that research isn't always evident immediately so it was Mm -hmm. like like when you see an exhibition you don't know where it came from Mm -hmm. and the opportunity to actually work with a group of artists where we all are figuring out where this work is coming from before we even see it mm. is equally valuable because sometimes exhibitions are just like one very small part of the process of being an artist. Yeah. Well, I should I should mention uh, and, and I'm, I do a lot of speak with a lot of artists on the air and there's always we are radio and it's very very difficult to see this in your mind's eye. So you can see more of their work and and read more about the exhibition by going to Art Space newhaven.org and there's a, a link there for the exhibition if you click on the click on the link there are links there for each of the artists and you can click on those and and see their see their work and um you know maybe I'll, we'll sort of drill in a little bit um to let each of you talk about the projects that you that you did um I mean, but it's, it's, it is, I mean, as you're, as you're talking about this whole process, I, I, I'm also an artist and I went to, um, went to art school and, you know, it's just, it, it, it sounds like, you know, sort of once again, being in that, being in that, like a group and having group critiques and group, um, you know, sharing those sorts of ideas and, and that, that sort of thing. I'm just 
very much a um, like you you know you've, you've said you can be alone in your studio but getting out and actually being with a group of artists. And I should say, Alison Min- Minton, is it Minton? Minto. Minto. Minto uh, is, the, is the fifth artist from your group. So uh, she couldn't be here this afternoon. So um, maybe we should, should talk a little bit about the work, um, you know, sort of let each of you talk about um, what your contribution and process was to this, and again, I, I would encourage you to go to the website, and you can um, you can take a look online. Um, and Joseph, I've known you for a while, um, and and I'm I'm always you know your your work is very much about um, sort of man's interaction with with nature. And so I remember a show that you did at Mass Mocha. You had a, a residency uh, or, or installation at Mass Mocha a number of years ago, and um, you know, and you had a, one one part of the show was you're sort of envisioning those those fake telephone towers that they turn into trees. I cannot see one of those towers without thinking of you. Franken trees. And you're continuing with that. That's yeah. I mean, I mean, I think I feel like I've been exploring the landscape for a long time and, and thinking about human interactions in the landscape and how that shapes the way we view it and and how we you know attempt to preserve it or don't preserve it or things like that. Um, so for me, the exhibition was a chance to um, kind of finish some work I've been working on for, for a long time. Um, the watercolor piece in the show called River Karen, um, you know, that was a, a piece I've been working on for two years, right? And just slowly, a bit at a time, but it, it gave me the opportunity to finish the piece. Um, and then I, I developed some new work as well as part of the exhibition, um, specifically a series of mosaics that are made from coal that I found along the Connecticut shoreline. So coal that's fallen off of barges or ships or train cars that's washed up on shore and then turn those into images that are completely black um, but that use the the material in and of itself as a way to consider the image of a sunset over the water or a a giant tropical storm like a hurricane Um, and so the yeah the residency gave me a chance to work on these projects that I uh, maybe wouldn't have realized on my own, right? To have the opportunity to to see them into fruition was really fantastic, and then also to bounce ideas off of you know my fellow artists and and curator and art space and the art gallery, the the people involved in that was was really fantastic. And and I I love those those pieces that you did from coal. Um, they're just they're so beautiful, so they're so so sensual, and um, I'm not sure if they are. I've seen images of those. Um, they may not be online quite yet. They might not be online. <laughs> um, and, and then you also had sort of a cool, very collaborative piece that's um, it's almost like a, a cabinet of curios. Mm-hmm. But it, you invite people. Why don't you, why don't you talk about that piece? A yeah, bit? so um, the piece is called Climate Repository, and it's, it's meant to be like a, a bit of a curio cabinet. And so the piece is made out of um, the Lincoln Oak, which is a giant oak tree that used to be on the New Haven Green <coughs> that fell during Hurricane Sandy and actually uprooted a bunch of human remains that were underneath the I green. remember that. Mm. It was a pretty famous story. Um, and so I was able to get some of the, the lumber from that um, from a company called City Bench, which they harvest um, wood from urban areas and turn it into lumber. Mm. Um, so I wanted to make a piece that had a story, a history embedded in it, right? Um, and then all over the, this cabinet of curiosities, I've included elements that I've been making in small form. So some 3D printed, scanned snow piles that I've scanned from 
parking lots like Walmart and Home Depot. Mm-hmm. Um, some laser etched images of breaking up of the ice in the Arctic uh, and um, things that I find that have car references. So there's a lot of cars that are named after national parks like Denali and Yukon and things like that. And so I've kind of have the pieces um, scattered throughout that I feel reference uh, our changing landscape, um, but mm-hmm. also give me an opportunity instead of always having to um, to render something or to make something, but just simply to arrange elements, mm-hmm. which is kind of a nice practice. Um, and so that, that came out of a piece that I was working on in my studio, and then the exhibition gave me an opportunity to realize it in a larger three-dimensional form. Um, but that's been really a process of just trying to understand um, the importance of materiality and the history that materials have and how we interpret those through through the artwork as well. And and I think you were inviting people could yeah. could also add to it, yeah. right? Have have they? Uh, not yet, but I'm 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 hopeful that uh, you know if, if folks f- have a small object that they found in the landscape, for example, I. Um, uh, my wife Jessie found a glove that's covered in uh, oyster shells, like a rubber glove. Wow. So that's a part of the curio cabinet. <laughs> so that's a good example of just like yeah. this human object that's been taken over by nature that becomes a part of the curio. So if anyone has an interesting curiosity that they find in the landscape and want to contribute it, you're welcome to submit a you know submit an image of it, and we'll consider it for the piece in art space. So, so you're not you're not inviting people just to walk up and not to walk up and place it. <laughs> a little bit of a curated, curated uh, element. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. And and Julia, I was um, I, I came last uh, Saturday, and, and you were talking about some of the work you have, um, and your work is 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 really does feel like the the title of this. I mean, it's very. Um, I, I don't want to say intellectual, but it's a very sort of involved process, and and but also just visually, visually beautiful. I love that. I love the front room. Um, why, why don't you talk about that that installation? Sure. Um, so yeah, the front room uh, posed a challenge because it's a gallery that has two window exposures: one that faces all of Orange Street, um, and the other Crown Street. So it's this this corner room, um, and there's a lot of light. And one of the things that I was really excited about in that space is that it allows people to see the work from the street. And if they're not entering art space, they still get this very rich experience Mm -hmm. of the work. And that's a really important um, part for me uh, in making work is that it has the ability to uh, be seen and considered, even if it's not in a sort of traditional gallery space that you have to walk inside looking for art. Um, I love the idea that people can pass it by on the street. Um, and even when I was installing it, actually, I had some very nice conversations with people um, as they were watching me. So the piece consists of, um, it's called Scrollscape, and it uh, consists of 11 scrolls that are uh, made out of hand-cast paper uh, that I pigmented myself and then produced as uh, long scrolls that are suspended from the ceiling. Uh, and the scrolls, are sort of a play on the idea of scrolling um, and this action that we uh, have become so used to in this digital world we live in um, and the way we relate to our phones and to other um, handheld devices. Um, and the the pieces uh, move as people enter the room because of the movement of their body, even without touching them, they sort of rotate on their central axis and they spin ever so slightly. Um, And I was thinking a lot about the way that digital technology uh, really implicates everybody, despite 
whether you've decided to participate in it or not. And I'm specifically thinking about social media and other forms of um, kind of mass communication um, that have become so prominent during the pandemic, especially, but even before that. Um, and the way that, you know, you can post something or you can witness something being posted or you can abstain entirely. But this is something that has really become embedded in everyday life in a way that's really unavoidable. Um, so the other component of the room is um, a stack of newspapers, which I had printed. It's an edition of 500 newspapers um, that are uh, handwritten and typewritten words from the 2018 uh Senate hearing where Mark Zuckerberg testified before um, various committees uh, about Facebook and the kind of use and misuse of data. Mm -hmm. um, so I read this entire transcript and wanted to somehow process this language in a way that really stayed true to the words, but rearranged their order so that their meaning was considered differently. So kind of thinking about how algorithms in phones and in social media change the order in which you read content, trying to sort of do that algorithmic action on the words of this person who has really created a world in which we are all living in, whether we um, you know, have chosen to or not. Um, so really thinking about interaction and the way that social media um, conditions behavior and produces and reproduces behavior and sort of trying to to comment on that. Mm -hmm. And 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 just gets bigger and bigger. I just I'm I'm reacting today to to the the news that um, Donald Trump is once again gonna be on Twitter. So <laughs> that's gonna dominate our that's gonna uh. dominate our world. Um, and, and and it's you know and you do it's true because you do have the, you know, the hearings and and the, a lot of words are thrown around but it's it's still it's still it still goes forward and it's still um, yeah and I, I wanted it also to just, it's something that's so dense, as you said, it is very intellectual, it is very dense, it's hard to access. So another part of it that was important to me is that the newspaper is something that people can take away and mm. have on their own time to, to hold as an object. And, um, and that was important to me that it was this thing that you could um, leave with from the exhibition. But it's very beautiful too. As Thank is, you. as is um, also your, your green, your green screen piece is, um, is really cool. Thank you. You yeah. want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, sure. So the the other piece in the exhibition is a, a large scale uh, painting. Um, it's six feet by six feet, and it's mounted on these these cast iron legs, um, and it has these sort of puncture holes in it. It's a it's a screen um, in my in my envisioning of it um, that came out of this idea of what a green screen is, which is basically a space that is used in video editing for people to stand in front of and then uh, be the background can be replaced by kind of anywhere. Any any type of space can replace this, this background. And I was thinking about what it would mean for a painting um, to function as a green screen, but also be a painting on its own terms. Um, paintings traditionally have been thought of as like a window into another world. And I really love that play on that idea in the contemporary age in which videos are made in rooms that have nothing to do with the environments in which we then come to see them on the screen. Um, so the painting is sort of like a functional green screen as much as it is also insisting on being a painting. Um, and then 
it creates the shadow in the in the corner that casts a light on these miniature segments from historical landscape paintings that are actually in Yale's collection. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's that actually came about at the end when the gallery opened and we could kind of enter it again and use the collection in some way. And um, I, I wanted to incorporate some real nod to what the gallery's collections are. Very cool. And um, and Ruby, you know, for for both Ruby and um, and Leonard, you know, one one thing that I was thinking of, um, looking at your work, which is it's it's really it's really captivating and engaging visually. But um, you know, there's a, the whole idea of um, footnotes are as a sort of a thing of expanding the knowledge of a source, mm-hmm. an initial mm-hmm. source. But I, I saw with both of you mm-hmm. that you had this um, this wonderful sort of play of of revealing images and obfuscating mm-hmm. images at the same time. Why, mm-hmm. why don't you talk about your, your work, Ruby? It's really it's really gorgeous. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I'm citing memorial. I'm citing memory in my work a lot, um, and I am literally recreating uh, my worldview as it was seven years ago, or almost eight years now. Um, <clears throat> I grew up in a Pentecostal, uh, really intensely strict religion um, for ten years of my life. And uh, coming out of it, you know, I had to unlearn a lot of uh, a lot of isms, you know, a lot of uh, prejudice, a lot of um, sexism, a lot of transphobia, a lot of homophobia. And coming out of that, you know, I knew what was right and wrong. I just needed to begin to see the world for what it actually was. Um, The world to me when I left at the age of 16 was... um, as it was conditioned to me as a child, you know, it was, it's very dangerous, you know, it's full of sin, it's people aren't going, people are, are going to be after you, and that's not actually true at all, you know. Um, it was through the diversity that uh, people that I've met, you know, outside of the church that really showed me how, how much, how much love is real, <laughs> not to be, you know, um, uh, cutesy and all, but, um, so, so coming out of that experience, I uh, wanted to recreate what that world was, and I wanted to acknowledge the person that I was in the choice that she made to choose differently, you know, against my family, against everything that I knew. Um, so that's why uh, I made this work in the way that it is. Um, I took these cell phone images, I destroyed them using code, I rearranged them so that they would exist again in a, in a different way. Um, and I engraved them onto wood, and then I printed that wood like a stamp on paper. Um, so this very extremely laborious process is is what I'm mirroring. Um, that journey of of learning what I what I needed to learn, you know, to function as a as a regular person in society. Um, so my citation, you know, was was a very big element because I needed to revisit. Uh, who I was, and frankly, like I don't, I don't really recognize that person anymore. Like I'm very proud to say that, and I also wanted to like acknowledge that person, you know, because it is, it was uh, very shameful. But I, I, I think it's very important to witness, you know, in extremism how people, how people can change. Like I think it's very possible, you know. Um, but I, I also like acknowledge how difficult and how strenuous and how how much your world can be turned upside down by just listening to other people and listening to other people's point of views. Um, yeah. yeah, it is. Um, it is very, um, 
I mean, it doesn't look like, I, and I'm seeing you, you have an image um, at your website of of both the uh, the the, the wood and the print and the wood yeah. and the print, um, and and that's just it's it's really it's really beautiful. Thank did, you. Did you um and you said you were you had made you worked at a, a makerspace. Yeah. Right? So I actually I don't use my studio as much as like. Mm-hmm my friends here in the room, but um, I actually love working out of this local makerspace in New Haven, um, downtown. It's called Make Haven. Um, And members there, like you become a member, you don't need to know any like any prior experience and any sort of tools, you know. And so when I joined, I uh, took a class and I learned how to use this big machine called a CNC machine. And that's basically like you input some code and it follows the direction of that code and carves or like engraves your wood or foam. It, it depends on the material. Um, but I literally did not know how to do that before going into that space. And honestly, I'll say that Make Haven transformed my practice. So I'm, I'm really happy to just like include that right today. Yeah. And it's um, yeah, it, it's, it's very it's very interesting. Um and, and Leonard, you're, I, I guess, more, more of a traditional artist, I mean, a traditional painter, probably than um, any of the other work that's here. Um, and it's also just really, really beautiful. And and I know just reading your your um, your work and what you've written about your work, you, you, you know, your, for, your foremost concern is talking about the Black experience. Yeah, yeah. Or at least, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, the sort of like sort of like charged visibility that we have, I think. Um, Cause I, you know, I started making this work uh, like two and a half years ago. Um, and, you know, I had always painted portraits of like friends and family. Uh, but as I started to sort of show the work, um, I don't know, there were just like a lot of things people were reading into the work and the people about like their lived experiences that just whether or not they were true I was like okay you you know y'all are assuming a lot uh and I wanted to like find a way to sort of like disrupt that but still sort of paint the people I wanted to paint uh and you know I sort of got this idea of like uh sort of using like another image that I felt was sort of had like a parallel experience to you know what to this sort of like um I, I guess to just like black people I think uh and you know that turned out to be sort of like plants growing over uh like man-made structures um and I was like sort of drawn to this like idea of uh, I don't know of like thriving and like being you know sort of like despite these impositions, um, and I was like okay I'll so, sort of wanted to like use that as a way to sort of direct the reading of like the portraits, um, and I started to sort of cover half the portrait with a painting of you know, these plants growing over man-made things. Um, And, you know, it was on one hand to sort of disrupt your view of the portrait, but, you know, on the other hand to, you know, whatever was happening in in your head, you know, was now informed by 
this image of you know the plant plants growing over things um and you know that's sort of like where the work started uh and as i got more into it you know one thing that's important to me is like play mm-hmm. uh and i i wanted this work to be about you know what i wanted it to be about but it was also like okay how can i sort of like play within this way of like expressing myself i guess um and i started to like uh sort of collage them with i don't know like perpendicular and sort of like parallel like um like incisions i guess so like i would i would cut the one painting into stripes sort of and glue that on top of the other painting um and or sometimes you know, just make sure there's like a right angle included into the cut at some somewhere. Um, and that was sort of like a response to just like grids and sort of boxes and control and like confinement, uh, both like physical and like conceptual, you know. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm drawing the squares and rectangles because it's, it's kind of how we build our world and our buildings and cities. Uh so, yeah, there's, like, a, a lot I was trying to, to do with these paintings, I think, um, in terms of, like, you know, as, as much as I can trying to in, in, inform the viewer that, like, maybe what they're ascribing to these people is not the case, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And the the body of work, um, I guess, is called Parallel Subversions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the one I, I think the one I was really struck by, particularly, was it was one called Grandma Pat Climbing Number Three, and she, I guess, it's your your grandmother, mm-hmm. um, and sort of interspersed with um, with vines, and and it, at the same time, sort of shows this maybe striving upward, but mm-hmm. maybe like you said, you know, the mm-hmm. uh, being covered or being. I don't want to say strangled yeah. by vines or, I mean, yeah, also- or like reclaimed, appropriated, you know, uh, just some words that I've, I've like used in like some writing. Um, yeah, that's my second time painting that specific sort of like image of my grandma. Uh, the first time I did it, I did it in acrylic, which is what I used to paint in. These paintings are like oil. Um, and, I don't know. It's fine. I, I I didn't like it much, but also recognize that like you know it's just where I am. You know, <laughs> like I did my best with the painting, but you know I kept it in my living room for a couple years, and then you know I had gotten deep into this way of ex- of uh, you know doing these portraits, and it was like oh I think it's time to like sort of revisit this reference, um, and it's just. You know, she was sitting on our porch at home. She had, like, her headphones in. Um, and was just, like, staring out. And I had sort of, like, snapped a picture of her. Uh, and, yeah, I don't know. It, it looked like she had a lot on her mind. Um, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're originally from New Orleans? Mm-hmm, New Orleans. So that's a, this is, a lot of this is, I've seen, I mean, they're, they're interior, but... Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the family's. That's where the family's based. 
Yeah, that's where the family's based. Um, and I think it's also where I, like, sort of, you know, subconsciously started to, like, associate being around a lot of black people with plants growing over things because of uh, just, like, the post-Katrina New Orleans landscape is still, like, you know, places are still pretty run down and, like, overgrown. Um, not much, like, investment from the city, uh, at least in, like, my neighborhood. Um, so yeah, the, the, yeah, the, like the, the work is definitely like referencing home a lot too. Uh, also with like, I think it's Grace and Rocky who are also both in the show. Uh, those plants specifically that are growing over the houses with the yellow flowers is, uh, an invasive species in New Orleans mm. called cat's claw. Very cool. Um, and I'm forgetting my totally, I'm totally forgetting my, my number one rule for doing interviews was just, I need to introduce guests often. And I just get, <laughs> I've been so caught up in this and I've, and I haven't. So, um, my apologize, apologies to everyone who's listening. So you are listening to listener supported WPKN in Bridgeport at 89.5 FM and online at WPKN.org. I'm here in the studio with four of the five artists who are involved with a show that's currently up at New Haven Art Space. Uh, the website is artspacenewhaven.org. And the show is Footnotes and Other Embedded Stories. And these artists have all been working together for the past, what, nine nine months or so, six, seven months, um, since, since the fall, as Happy and Bob Doran Artists in Residence. And that's a collaboration of Art Space and the Yale University Art Gallery. So it's a uh, no, it was done sort of as a post, um, I keep on saying post-COVID, uh, it's, it's, we're not, um, but as a, a response to having a lot of um, just, just how the, the creative community was impacted by COVID as much as everyone else was, but just it's, uh, I think we were saying, I can't remember, on mic or off mic, but just so many artists who had shows and, and just lost a lot of opportunities and, mm-hmm. or if you're, you know, I know some of your, our teachers and, um, you know, just all of a sudden, all those, all those things that just really interrupt your creative process. So, um, and the show is up through June 25th, June 25th. So, um, it's just, I'm, I'm really, I'm really very, very absorbed by, uh, the work you're doing and, and the discussion I've, and I'm sort of, I'm sort of positing this, this against um, one of my one of my family members just started working for one of the big auction houses, and so I'm I'm seeing I'm seeing the other sort of the other side of the art world a lot right now, and and especially in this um you know, this there's been all this big buzz today because of an Andy Warhol painting of Marilyn Monroe yesterday sold for I don't know four hundred million dollars. It's just like this. <laughs> it's just so. It's so different, you know. This this you know, artists who are here who are really engaged with ideas and and materials and and then this whole sort of other world that's out there at this point. Um, and Ed, I don't know if um, the, if you've seen the the movie The Price of Everything. I would. Um, that's yeah. a that's a very interesting movie, sort of about this this whole this whole um, conundrum. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it it is just your. Um, you know, the, this does sound like you had just had a really good ability to just be really engaged with all of this um, this work that you've been doing in the last few months. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's been a, again, it's just been a chance to, 
you know, get gain insight from the institutions, from both art space. You know, Lisa Dent has been amazing to just pull together guest speakers for us to meet with, and um, uh, and also, you know, being able to access the Yale Art Gallery. You know, we didn't get a, a ton of access, but towards the end, we got to have some access to it, which was great. Um, you know, just uh, uh, to allow that to enter into the process has been really, really critical for the work. How, how many of you are art teachers or working with them? Yeah, I am. I, I teach at the University of New Haven. Yeah, I've done a lot of teaching artist work. Um, I'm currently a teaching artist for the Highline, and I've done some university teaching and teaching in other spaces. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And and um, so it, you know the um and and as, as part of this, you are also doing a lot of programming. So what what do you have coming up? Do you have that in? There's a, lot of your head. There's a lot of things coming up. Right? <laughs> like we, each, we each are doing um, uh, different talks and outreach. Um, I think most of us are doing the sidewalk studios, right? The, yeah. um, <clears throat> so that's a, an event that happens outside of the L Art Gallery on the sidewalk. Oh, okay. And where we get to engage with the public and do small little workshops and, and uh, you know, talk about our work and process. Um, and there's been a long history of those, which have been really great. Um, and again, allows people to interact with art um, on the street. Um, and th- there's other there's other um, events going on as well. Uh, Julia just had a talk recently as well at Art Space. Um, yeah, and Leonard and I have a dual artist lecture next week, yeah. right? Yeah, Wednesday. on Wednesday. Yeah, I see that uh, Wednesday the eighteenth at six mm-hmm. six o'clock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One well, of the other nice things I just want to say is that. A catalog was part of this exhibition, mm-hmm. uh, and that was a really, I think, exciting experience to have one. We all did interviews with writers or curators or artists mm-hmm. or people, basically, that we wanted to be in conversation with. And I think that's a really uh, unique opportunity to get insight into how an artist is thinking not by going to the exhibition, not necessarily by, um, you know, reading what they have to say by like a press release, but just a real dialogue. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that was, that really was formative, I think for me at least in thinking about the work. And I'm excited to read everybody's interviews because I haven't yet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I got, I got the catalog, but I haven't, I haven't read it either. And there's going to be a roundtable discussion with the catalog launch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Forgive me, I don't remember the date of that. But I think it's in June, right? Is it the end? Is it June 3rd? Is that what it is? Here it, it is. is June 3rd. Uh, June 3rd, the Happy and Doran Artist in Residence mm-hmm. Roundtable with Laurel McLaughlin and Footnotes Catalog Launch. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, is that, is that what is being given out there, or is, is this a different thing? This it's, is a different thing. Oh, okay. So there's, there's a more of a book book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, 50-page catalog. Yeah. That's going to be mm-hmm. done on time, right? But we'll all be in discussion at that point as well, so there'll mm-hmm. be further further um, talk about the exhibition and the work that we've made. So again, you can find out, um, look at the calendar of many, many things going on at artspacenewhaven.org. Um, did you... Did you? I, I don't. I don't want to say. Did you ever have any conflicts? But did you? Did you come up against? Can you? Can you think of a time where you came up against ideas that maybe were took you a little bit outside of where you were um, as you were as you were working on this? And again, as I were, um, I can't remember if I said this on microphone or off microphone, but being seeing your um, going to your lecture on uh, dis- discussion it was really more of a discussion on Saturday. Um, how how often you referenced 
the other your other artists that you had been working with and how and you would say you know remember, remember back in the fall and I was thinking this and now I'm thinking this and just how that evolution took place yeah I mean I think um you know I think it's interesting having an exhibition as part of a residency because not all residencies conclude in an exhibition some are just work time research time conversation time um I think that having a really specific location in mind where our work is going to be mm -hmm. and then also where it's going to be in conversation with each other, right? It's like we've all been working relatively independently and then it's brought into this common space for the first time. Um, I think for me that was like that week of install was sort of like a a whole new body of work was sort of made on site. And Joe and I spent some time because both of us did relatively site-specific installations. Um, and I feel like that work came about just by being there and figuring out what is this room asking for? What, and it's it's totally different conditions than working in your own space. So you have to deal with, I, and I say that is a challenge and it's a good challenge. It's a, it's a figuring out like, okay, now how does this reading once it's next to this other thing or next to this, light fixture or, you know, um, so it's productive in my eye. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think we all, it's, it's really amazing to see the work after we've been talking about it and, you know, seeing snippets and sketches and renderings and things, you know, like, uh, seeing Allison's video was really amazing. We, we just, loved you know, we, video. we heard a lot yeah. about the research that she was doing, but we weren't really a part of it so much, but then, um, yeah, I encourage everybody to go to ArtSpace and, and check out Alison Minto's video. It's really incredible. Well, maybe, I mean, since she's, she couldn't be here today, maybe you could talk a little bit about her work also. She's a, sort of rounds it, rounds it out as a fifth person as this group. Sure, sure. I don't know if anyone else wants to jump in. Uh, I can try. I know it started <laughs> <laughs> sort of like investigating this, uh, I think this, an HBCU that was, which is like a historically black college or university that was supposed to be built in New Haven. Uh, but was never built. Um, and I think she went to the location, which is a highway now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a uh, multi-crossing uh, highway where, where many many highways sort of merge together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and, you know, I'd started, like, made this video piece sort of about that featuring, uh, I don't know if they were actually high school students, but definitely, like, you know, referencing sort of, like, HBCU culture, uh, the I think specifically like the outfits um, for like the marching bands and like the majorettes, uh, and um, yeah, it's just like this really cool sort of like collaged video piece. Some mm -hmm. uh, I, I think there was some found footage, right? And then a lot she filmed. Uh, she also had incorporated apparently like a Ralph Lauren just released like a line of clothing based on HBCU sort of like aesthetics like like clothing aesthetics um and she had included I don't know if it was like an interview of him uh but uh yeah it was like some dialogue of him talking about this uh yeah it was a, it was a really cool piece there was yeah. And then she also collaborated with a local designer, Neville Wisdom. Neville Wisdom. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Right, and and it made a made a garment that she it's featured. She's wearing it in the video as well. So. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's also in the room, so yeah, you can exactly. experience the video and then also have yeah. this piece, which is really thoughtfully 
mounted on the yeah. wall. So you see it in context with this moving image and sound. I, I was really um, uh, struck with the the installation and, and art space for those of you who haven't been there. Um, you might want to consider going. Um, it is located, by the way, at 50 Orange Street, and that's at the corner of Orange and Crown Streets in New Haven. Uh, it's, a, it's a corner corner building, and, and you can see Julia's work in the window, uh, as, along with other, other people's work in the window. But you really, it really, really was all very integrated and um, mm -hmm. s spread throughout the gallery space. So was it, did you, did you have a sense going in there where everything was going to be, or was that just a really, you said that the, um, the, the installation week was almost, a, you know, creating a new artwork. Yeah, I mean, I think, well, Laurel uh, started with a, with a basic kind of like floor plan that we were able to give comments and feedback and, and, and work around it. But it was nice to have someone yeah, curate the show, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. to worry about, about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and I think that I feel like all of our needs are really met in terms of the space and, and how it was arranged. And, and I really enjoy the interactions of, of the you know, dialogue that happens between the works as well. And one other thing I think which we spent a lot of time thinking about was that um, we we worked with a, a designer for the window treatments. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. And there yeah. was one there's one window where there are these orange squares and we all contributed like words or questions that informed our research practice. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that whole like visual element and the way it works with the pieces that you see from outside and from inside and and just like trying to make the, the visual identity of the show sort of tie together our various processes. Interesting. So what are, um, what are some, some upcoming projects for each of you? Anything? I'll go. I, uh, you were gonna uh, As, I don't know, I, I was a little stressed leading up to the show and you know, the way I procrastinate isn't really to do nothing, it's to like go do something else. Mm -hmm. And I had started like doing these like little like works on paper that was just like all abstraction that I'm really excited about. Uh, and I'm only bringing it up because I, I just don't make abstract work, you know? <laughs> so I was like, this has been pretty fun. So I wouldn't call it a project, just more of like something I'm excited about to see like where it goes. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, I'm very excited this summer. I'll be um, doing a residency with my sister uh, for the first time. She's a writer, um, and we do a lot of collaborative work together, and we're going to be going to a residency for three weeks um, and working on some projects that we've been doing for a while at a distance <laughs> because she lives in Baltimore. Um, so we do a lot of work through the mail, and we're going to be in the same space for the first time. Her name is Anne-Marie Rooney. Um, and I'm I'm really excited to just spend some time making work in a different context with with a person truly in the same room. Um, yeah. Well, it seems like a lot of your um, your work has been installation based. Yeah, it's it's something I as I can identify as a painter, but I always think about painting in relationship to architecture, and that it's really integral to see both of those two things in the same way. Um, and I enjoy doing site-specific installations because they're something that I, on the one hand, can't fully control because I'm given some outside context. And then the work has to somehow dance with that space. You know, I think of it as like a, a kind of a dance. 
Now, what did you do with the Highline? I thought that was interesting. You said you'd worked with, done some work with Highline. Uh, yeah, it's just some teaching artist work, um, uh, working mostly with um, young uh, high school aged and younger um, and and teaching about the site and about the um, sort of a STEAM curriculum, um, thinking about how arts can be integrated into technology and um, and I've also done other teaching artist work. I love working with, with um, young adults and thinking about art outside of my own studio and as a, really a collaborative process. Well, that's cool. Yeah, and that's something that ArtSpace has really done a lot of as well. And I don't know if they are... Um, if they're having their high school um, internship program this summer or not. Yeah, I they think are. they are. Yeah. They are. If, um, and I don't know if they've chosen people or not, but that's always, that's great. If, if you're in high school and, and um, maybe looking for a summer experience, it's a, always a wonderful opportunity. Um, yeah, the Highline is just so, so cool. I love the Highline. Um, how about you, Ruby? Yeah, uh, so I run a international print exchange program. It's like an art artists trading work with each other. Um, it's called Lunch Money Print. Um, and it's been it's been on hold for the past two years because I wanted to grow my practice and my abilities as a fabricator. Um, but now I'm at a point where I have the skills that I need to expand it and I want to center it in New Haven and uh, center more artists that are here. Um, it's pretty international, but I want it to be like very much local, global. Um, and I want to somehow integrate and share everything that I've learned with local artists and have an immersive exhibition at the end of it. Um, I'm at the beginning of, of, you know, restructuring this, but um, Lunch Money Print is is going to become something. Um, that's what I'm working on. Yeah, that sounds I was reading a little bit about that on your on your website. So it's. Um, it's sort of an exchange process. Yeah, so think of it as like almost like a pen pal situation, but with 10 artists. Artists send in an edition of 11 prints or 11 copies of art. Um, and I trade those works with 10 other artists um, from around the country in Singapore, Canada, you know, Hawaii, um, Mexico. And uh, they get bu- they get back a box of 10 and the 11th print gets sold on the website and all profits made from any sale goes back to the artist. Um, so it's almost like an online art gallery. Um, but I want to lean away from that um, because I, I, I very much believe more in like very DIY ragtag, you know, artists getting an exhibition together from the ground up with no funding. I, be- I enjoy that a lot more wholeheartedly. Um, so that's that's what I'm pursuing. And I'm actually at the website right now. So that's inside of um, Make Haven? No, not anymore. Um, we closed our office down when the pandemic came. But, um, yeah. And do you have do you have rotating groups of artists who, who do this? So it's a yearly program. Artists sign up. Um, they pay a small fee um, and they mail in their works. Um, so it's basically anyone who signs up. I'm looking... My goals are to make it more sustainable. Um, I want to make sure that artists are making money off of it and that artists are supported and are able to connect with the other artists in the cohort of that year. Um, cool. And and how about you, Joseph? I'm going to go to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Um, I, 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 there's going to be an exhibition in the fall for um, part of the, the mosaic project that I did for the uh, Dorn exhibition, the foot, uh, footnotes, was um, funded by the Connecticut Sea Grant. Um, so it's a grant that funds artists, one artist per year, um, to make work that's about the Long Island Sound. Uh, and so I'm going to continue to make some more mosaics while I'll be on the beach collecting coal. <laughs> uh, and I think some new works will be featured in that exhibition in the fall. So that'll be forthcoming. Um, and yeah, I think I do need some downtime now. You've always struck me as someone who's who's sort of infinitely curious. And um, and I I made that comment um, when, when I saw you on Saturday, just that, you know, your, your art is sort of always coming out in different directions and doing doing different things from this very, you know, formal, um, the drawing, you know, the painting that you did, um, mm-hmm. you know, to these just the installation and then the, the coal painting, sort of coal, coal, yeah. what, what, what you call them? Coal pieces. Yeah, mosaics, yeah. Mosaics are really yeah. gorgeous. I, I mean, I would say that my work is really inspired by my experience, my personal experience of the landscape. And sometimes that's going to the beach with my family and finding stuff mm-hmm. on the shoreline or taking walks in the woods. The, the River Karen piece was, um, the imagery came from a video that I made in Middletown, Connecticut, actually, where I was investigating the rivers that flow into the Connecticut River. Um, and the video was shown in a tunnel that connects Middletown with uh, um, a park that's right on the Connecticut River. Um, so I was, you know, I was kayaking these rivers and finding cars in the landscape or, you know, TVs and all kinds of stuff. So I, I just like collected that stuff or documented it or um, scanned it. And, and it becomes a kind of a library of images and objects that I reference to back again. But I, but yeah, I would say that a lot of the work is about finding these curiosities that are in the landscape and then, you know, re- reappropriating them in different ways. I, I know you're also a dad. Do your, do your, um, do your kids sort of join in this this. Yes, we, we're definitely a family of artists. Uh, my wife, Jessie, is an artist. Um, my son, Leo, is going to be going to ECA, which is an arts high school in, in the fall coming up. My daughter um, is going to an arts middle school next year called Betsy Ross in New Haven. Um, we recently did a family residency at the Wasaic Project last year, mm-hmm. um, which was really great. And oh, out, of, out of that, we created like a family store. Where we sell like small <laughs> small artworks, and, yeah. your your own collective residency. Yeah. Well, it, it was it was a chance for us to like teach the kids about money mm. because they won't do chores around the house. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> if they make something and sell it, then they, then we can talk about well, how much did the materials cost? How much did mm-hmm. shipping cost to send it to somebody? What is your return? Mm-hmm. And that, you know, mm-hmm. what is the value of money? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that you know that's important for them to understand but yeah I, I think that's you know so far we've maintained we are, we're definitely like a family of artists and we our studio has space for the kids in it which is sometimes not good and sometimes <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> it depends on what projects need to get done that's really cool well it's been wonderful having all of you here and i have um been here and talking to um um i just lost the page so i'm gonna butcher everyone's names um joseph smolinski jo- jo- um Julia Rooney, um, um, Ruby Gonzalez Hernandez, and Leonard mm-hmm. Gelman. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just I had I had the page up and I was looking at it the whole time. So, and the show will be up through the twenty fifth of June. And and as you've been talking about, there are a lot of um, a lot of programs and studio. I guess they're doing multiple stu- sidewalk studios. Um, multiple sidewalk studios. Multiple, sidewalks. multiple talks. Um, 
Yeah, the, there's a, the calendar. If you go to artspacenh.org, there's a calendar button, and you can find all of the programming that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. And and you can also link to everyone's websites and find out more about what each of you is doing. So anything you want to add at the end? Anything you didn't get a chance to to talk about? I'm really grateful for my community for holding me up and supporting me. And like this cohort, like it's been really wonderful to have people that have always said like apply to this like joe told me to apply for this and that's why i applied you know um it's it's been really wonderful like seeing that support and so i want to say thank you um to my community well thank you to all of you and um i look forward to crossing paths with you again and probably seeing you at some of the some of the talks coming up so right. Right. Um, thank you thank you